Hello, Arizona. Welcome to the Legitimate Podcast. We are your hosts, Mike and Rochelle Fulton, here to discuss the reality of real estate today to help you get ahead and stay ahead in law, real estate, and life. Today's show is brought to you by Realty Executives, the AZ Ona team. That's us. Uh, residential and commercial, sales and consulting. You can find us online at azonit.com or call us at 480-400-1297. With us today, we have Aaron Alvarez from Western Alliance Mortgage, and we have Robert W. Jones from iNetrepreneur. And we're going to talk about the reality of the real estate market today, Um, just a little free-form discussion. And uh, let's go ahead and get started with Aaron. Hey, guys. How you hey, doing? thanks for coming on our show, Aaron. I mean, we've known each other for how many years now? So tell everyone why you're so awesome. Yeah, it's been a few years. I'm excited. I've been seeing you guys' show, so thanks for having me. Glad to have you here. So what is it that you do exactly for those who do have not known you for years? <laughs> so I'm a local lender, mortgage broker here in town. So, uh, you know, we help people finance, uh, buy homes, refinance homes here in the Valley. Very cool. So... Our audience is variable. We've got people from experienced investors uh, all the way down to people who have not yet purchased a, a property. Um, how do you fit into the whole mortgage and real estate ecosystem? Uh, and what makes you different than like going to Chase to get a home loan? Oh, we're so different than that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I would say the main thing is, is uh, you know, our rates are going to right now, our rates are we're a lot lower than what I've seen most banks out there. So we're we're pretty much beating everybody right now that we're going up against. So uh, we have no lender fees and I'm um, typically seeing our rates at least a quarter to half a point lower than a lot of these banks. But what's the business arrangement? How do you, how do you do lending versus how does it work when somebody goes to a bank to get a loan? Uh, okay. Okay. So as a broker, we're able to place you with uh, multiple different lenders. When you go to a bank, uh, you're pretty much going to be captive to their products, their pricing. Uh, we're able to shop around multiple different lenders and get you the best rate and the best product with the lowest fees. That makes sense. So as a broker, you're not the one lending the money. Your company doesn't actually put the money out there in the first place. You're um, taking this person's information and application, farming it out to multiple potential lenders, and then mm-hmm. getting them the best arrangement. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So what about people who are buying for investment? Is there a different approach if somebody wants to buy five or 10 houses or is looking at uh, apartment buildings? Is that something you can help them with? Yeah, we can. You know, um, you know, it's a good time to look into it. It's getting harder and harder to finance investment properties and second homes. So if it's something you're thinking about, you should definitely, uh, you know, give us a call, run the numbers, talk to your lender. I would definitely uh, try to get a loan on an investment home or a second property right now. So how long is that process? How long does the process take typically for someone who is buying their first property? So, uh, you know, for the entry level buyers buying your first property, um, 30 days or less to get pre-approved to run the numbers and see if it's uh, a good time for you to buy. Because, you know, not everybody's the right time for them to buy. And for us just to run those numbers and see if it's right, that just takes, you know, that's just a quick phone call. And we can typically have those numbers for you, you know, right there on the phone or within 24 hours. Awesome. How long is it taking to actually close on loans? And are you seeing delays these days or are most deals going through successfully? Uh, you know, most deals are going through successfully right now. Uh, we are having some issues sometimes with appraisers, depending on what market it's in. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, as far as uh, getting them underwritten and through the bank side, getting them approved, we're seeing really fast approvals right now. 
and uh, we're averaging 18 days on our closings right now. So we're wow. able to close really fast, uh, and uh, it, it's a great time to run the numbers if you're thinking about it. So you mentioned having some issues with appraisals. One thing that we hear a lot of people talking about these days is uh, houses selling well above the asking price with uh, people just throwing extra cash at the property. Like a hundred grand over asking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> what are the dynamics of that with lending? Uh, has the lending side of things adapted to that sort of market behavior or is that causing problems? You know, we are obviously in this type of market, we're always going to see appraisals come in low, uh, but that's not stopping buyers at all. Uh, I mean, buyers are just they're coming up with the cash to pay over. Uh, right now, I, I think it is a good idea maybe to pay, uh, you know, bid over on that property right now that you really want because it just seems to be getting more expensive and uh, with inflation coming, a lot of people are seeing rates poised to go up over the summer. Interesting. So tell us a little bit about the trend that you've seen over the course of the last year. It's been an interesting market on the sales side, certainly. Um, inventory has been I think historically low, certainly uh, the lowest that we've seen in many years. The price escalation has been pretty dramatic. What does this do from a lending perspective? Um, are you seeing shifts in the kinds of products that are being offered in terms of lending availability or a shift in the trend of what people are doing? Yeah, we're starting to see lenders uh, open up a little bit. I'm starting to see lenders lower their FICO requirements, um, You know, more programs coming out. So uh, we just had a seven year arm pricing looking really good. So to make these payments more affordable. Uh, so you're starting to see lenders come out with more products to cater to these higher prices right now. Um, and rates are really good right now. Um, you know, we're seeing a lot more people, uh, you know, run the numbers to see if they should stay in their home and refinance a lot. A lot more people are staying in their homes longer right now. So refinancing is really big right now. A lot of people are trying to lock in, uh, you know, we're still having some rates in here in the twos right now. I know we had seen a lot of cash out refis like a year and a half ago before the pandemic. And we were thinking that that might've even been the top of the market. I don't know if you were thinking that, but we were thinking <laughs> that that might've been the top of the market. Mm -hmm. uh, but certainly that has not been the case. We've got this continued uh, and even accelerating escalation of property values. Um, are you seeing people refining now who refied like two or three years ago, pulling out a second round of cash? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's gone up so much. Uh, we're seeing people get rid of their MI. They've only been in their house a couple of years, right? They're calling yeah. back refinancing, get rid of their MI. Um, there's a lot of opportunity right now uh, with the higher LTVs. You know, it also allows you to be uh, people maybe that didn't qualify last year because they didn't have the value. Now this year they're able to qualify because you know, their houses were so much more. Now, are people doing HELOCs? Are these credit lines or are these just single transaction cash outs? So I, I don't do HELOCs myself, so mm -hmm. I'm only doing those. Uh, but a lot of people are going to uh, HELOCs right now. And I would say if you're getting a smaller loan, like maybe 50K, get a HELOC. You know, don't don't refinance. So you probably might be able to pay that off. But if you're going to you know, get something like 100K or more, you probably want to just wrap it in because the chances are you're going to be refinancing that thing, that HELOC if you get it. So I know there's been a lot of talk about the future of interest rates and how long this cheap money can continue. Um, it's pretty great while it lasts. Um, in the past, we've seen a lot of arms, just tons of arms. Uh, it was kind of the standard mortgage approach for quite some time. Is that still the case or 
are people switching to fixed in order to hedge against future interest rate rises? I think it's really their perspective. We're seeing most people these days with the rate so low take 15, 30 year fixed. We also have those smart term loans where you can do like, let's say you've been in your house seven years and you don't want to reset your term, but you you know you want to take advantage of these low rates. We can do 23, 24 year terms. So we, we are seeing people take advantage of that a lot right now. Um, but overall, arm pricing is coming back. Like, Check out a seven year arm today. If you're buying a house and you don't plan on being in that house for more than five years, check out <laughs> a seven year arm right now. It's, you know, you're going to save some money on your payment. Yeah, that does make sense. That's a good point that if you know you're not going to be holding it past the initial locked term, there's no reason necessarily to favor a fixed over an arm. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to be out yeah. of there in a few years. <laughs> I think it's really important that if you are a borrower and you are thinking about getting any type of mortgage financing, this is why you want to work with a professional, someone who can explain the loan products to you that can help walk you through the process because there are a lot of financial decisions that need to go into making or purchasing a house, especially something that's $300,000, $400,000. You don't want to just take what someone hands to you and says, hey, this is a great deal. Uh, no, you need to like find out what your options are and see what makes the most financial sense for you. Exactly. Yeah, a lot of us, you know, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but a lot of like myself during the last downturn, last crisis, you know, I was really affected by that. So I know there's a lot of people on the sidelines that, you know, maybe they're no, they don't want to refinance their loan because they're worried about whatever is going to happen. It's going to happen again. And this is a great time to run the numbers because I think this market is a lot different than the last market. So a lot of people thinking uh, we're going to have a bubble burst or something. I, I just don't see it right now because the people that are buying, getting the loans are actually qualifying them. Like they can show the income to qualify for these loans, which wasn't the case. Uh, you know. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I agree. Absolutely. We had been of the impression for several years that we were headed towards a bubble burst. Uh, yeah, was at least a correction, maybe <laughs> not a crash the way it happened in 08, 09, but at least some kind of a substantial Adjustment. correction. <laughs> and we even had plans to capitalize on a 5 or 10% reduction in property values to acquire a portfolio. And at this point, I, I think we're pretty comfortable saying that's not going to happen the way we expected it to. Right. Um, I'm interested to hear, and you mentioned that people are, are really qualified for these loans this time. Aside from that, what are the factors that are going into your impression that we actually have a stable market situation here rather than a, a bubble that's ready to pop? No, well, right now, obviously, the inventory is, is so low, right? I mean, any homes that come onto the market just get gobbled up. So even if we do have, you know, it goes up and up for 12 months and then we see some type of correction, let's say $500,000, 550 house goes down to 500K. With how many people are moving here, I just see those houses getting gobbled up because inventory is so low. Yeah. I don't see a big foreclosure, release of foreclosures coming because all the people that are in forbearance, they're just going to get the, that, that money that they haven't been paid. Just It's just going to get put back to the back of their loan. Uh, so most people have equity right now. So I don't, you know, they're going to find a way to hang those properties. And the introduction since, you know, the last recession was the loan modification. So, so many banks have the ability these days to just do a loan mod instead of a foreclosure or a short sale option that it really is. It really seems to be taking uh, a lot of stuff that should have been in foreclosure off the market. Right. right. Absolutely. I think that's an important distinction between right now and back uh, in the last crash. Back then, people were leveraged to the max on their houses and the price uh, 
escalation sort of tapered off and then you ended up with people who didn't have much equity at all and then also ended up in default because of general economic conditions being poor. Here, we had poor economic conditions last year, but we're headed into what appears to be an economic boom. People are employed. And as you said, uh, Aaron, people are qualified for these loans. They've got the income. So even if they, even if some percentage of homeowners are technically in default because they weren't paying, um, the banks don't really have an incentive to foreclose because there's plenty of equity in that property and the borrower is going to be able to pay it. Um, so there isn't really a whole lot of incentive on either side to head towards an actual foreclosure situation. And in the past, we had the zombie foreclosures where they were holding off actually going through with the proceeding for a long time and then suddenly years. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but this time, those incentives don't really exist either here. The incentive is simply for the bank to make a deal to tack un unpaid payments back on to the end of the loan and modify it, and then everybody gets paid. The money is there and everybody gets paid. Yeah. We do not end up with a bunch of people getting kicked out and a bunch of houses getting sold at auction. Yeah, which which goes back to if you're a seller right now, look at those numbers. You're gonna get the, everything you want, you know, and uh, if you're an entry, especially for entry-level buyers, I just see that monthly payment going up, even if like, let's say, you know, prices go down, interest rates are probably gonna go up. So, I, I mean, if you're an entry-level buyer, uh, you know, and, and you can get into a property, it may not be your dream home, but you know, if you can get into a property now and then move up later, that's, that would be the, probably the best play I would say right now, because I think entry level payments are just going to keep going up too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Maybe and if you're an OG, you got a lot of equity and you're selling, you're different, but entry level first time buyers need to try to get into something. Yeah. I think on the seller side too, you know, if you're thinking about wanting to move and you're waiting for the market to adjust so you can, you know, buy a house for less than what you're selling your house for, that's probably not the way that's going to go. No. Uh, you may be better off just going ahead and selling and then buying something now and watching it appreciate as well. Because <laughs> some people sold and decided they would rent for a year to see when the crash happened and it just didn't happen. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good time to just run the numbers. I mean, we can run people's numbers, uh, you know, a lot of times with just different scenarios to see if it's, it's worth it for them. And, uh, I mean, right now is a great time to just get off the sidelines and at least run the numbers. May not be a great time for you to buy. You know, maybe you shouldn't even buy a house and you continue should continue to rent. But at least we can, you know, address that now before prices keep going up. I like it. So how can people contact you to help them run those numbers? So I, uh, my Facebook page, it's a uh, uh, was it forward slash Aaron Alvarez Home Loans, I think is what you should give them. So it's Western Alliance Mortgage on Facebook. Um, and we'll be one cool thing I just wanted to throw out there before my time's over. We're, we wrote a book. So uh, we made a book about mortgages and how to buy a house here in Phoenix, Arizona. It's kind of like an insider's guide to the mortgage process. So, um, you know, we'll be giving out that. And it's really just our goal is to just talk to customer consumers and buyers like in ways that they can actually understand the mortgage process and not be confused. And that way they can make a right, the right decision for themselves. Love it. Excellent. So everybody check out uh, Aaron Alvarez on Facebook. He's a great resource if you're looking at doing any kind of lending on real estate. Um, certainly my go-to guy to uh, talk, th talk through uh, real estate finance issues and uh, a resource that you should use. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was good seeing you again. Thanks, Thanks Aaron. Guys. And with us, we now have 
Robert Jones with iNetrepreneur Network. Robert is awesome. And uh, this segment we're talking about community events and iNetrepreneur Network and is the art of connection. So Robert, tell us about you and your organization. Well, I, I just want to say first, thanks, Rochelle. Thanks, Mike, for having me on the show today. And I, I love what you're doing. I, I believe that, um, you know, the more access that we can have the knowledge and act, um, access to knowledge that we can actually implement in our business and our lives. I mean, that's so important. And, you know, a lot of what we do in the iNetrepreneur Network is the same thing. You know, we believe that um, for people to change their lives, they need to be around quality people. They need to have quality information and they need to have a lot of inspiration. And uh, that's what we help to do with um, those who are in our community. And, you know, what really touches me right now is, you know, talking about real estate. You know, a lot of people think of, um, you know, Network Together, what we were once were. And that was um, and that was a networking um, organization which helped, um, you know, business owners learn, earn and learn how to earn. But we found, you know, through COVID that you know, we could do so much more as um, as an organization or as a community. And, you know, instead of like kind of being an ostrich and putting our head in the sand and saying, you know, let's just pack it in, we actually expanded out. And, you know, and what's happened in this last year is we went from just, you know, it, I mean, I mean, Rochelle, I think you and I have talked about this before. In a 72-hour period of time, we went from an all-in-person networking organization to an all-virtual networking organization. And I had to use some of my computing skills to try to get that done in such a short period of time. So it was a kind of a, a crazy weekend. But what we found is, is no matter what happens, whether it's COVID or technology, you know, people all basically want to find the same thing, and that's relationships. They, they want to derive it from clarity, and they want to have great service. And, you know, that's what we do in our iNetrepreneur um, you know, community. And one of the areas that really interests me, see, I like to talk, Mike, so here I go, right, <laughs> is, is real estate to me is, is, is such a powerful place for um, an entrepreneur to be. You know, I, I don't care if you're an accountant or a landscaper or, you know, you do digital marketing, et cetera. You know, as an accountant, you have to be an accountant. As a landscaper, you have to be a landscaper. As a digital marketer, you have to be a digital marketer. But you know what? You don't have to be a home. And that's what I love about real estate. You don't have to be a home. You know, you, you, you need to create a world-class team and find out where to fund. You need to know about the law and be able to find, you know, you know buy into great properties. But I feel like from an entrepreneurial um, perspective, you know, what a time in history to be in this marketplace to, to, you know, to both grow your business and to grow your portfolio in real estate right now. I think you make a great point there about real estate being different than a lot of other fields that you see people going into as first-time entrepreneurs and small-time entrepreneurs. Um, often, uh, people like us um, are in a professional field where you are the work uh, and you do the work, and that's great. You know, it's it's a a good way to make a living and it's a good way to run your own business, but there's an inherent limit to how much you can do. Um, and it becomes a very different line of work when you are doing a professional services business where you as the owner are not delivering the services yourself. Um, that's yeah. a, a different approach to running a law firm, a different approach to running um, any kind of a, a professional services business. In real estate though, that's always how it is because you are not the house. 
yep. it's a product being sold very much more like a retail type business or um, a even a wholesale um, brokerage type business where you're selling a physical product made by somebody else. And real estate gives you a little bit of a mix of both worlds. And it lets you engage with a lot of professionals doing a lot of head work, uh, a lot of thinking and analyzing and deal structuring, but you yourself are not the product. Uh, you get to deal with products that already exist and you're going out and finding them and finding buyers. It's one you know, of the things I really like about it. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I think of like in my industry, we, we talk about, you know, emula, uh, duplication, replication and elimination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that all goes basically with with automation. You want to automate a lot of processes, you know, but but the same, you know, real estate in certain ways is really a tangible asset that is it never depreciates you know the the land that you have i mean you learn that in business 101 and you you know you, you have the house on it and you can fix it you can flip it you can create a team you know and i found here recently you know we have a real estate academy within the iNetrepreneur network uh, we also have a personal development academy that's going to be starting up this next friday and again we do this because for a lot of entrepreneurs, sometimes they get their headers, you know, they get so focused on what they do, they forget that there's other ways to expand and grow. And, you know, and, and I say that again and again, I said, you know, for so many of us, we work on what we do so much more often, you know, and so much more thoroughly than who we are you know, and why we do it, you know, and a lot of us, we say, oh, you know, we want to get to that point of um, financial freedom. And I would always revert back to McDonald's and Ray Kroc, you know, yes, he was doing burgers, do what you do, but add some real estate to what you do, because actually the real estate will provide for you better than you can provide for you many times. And the thing is, is you can see it, you can touch it, you can taste it and it appreciates. And, you know, that was one of my main, um, propositions to the members of our our community was you know getting them a taste of what real estate can do you know in the long-term aspect of their life you know there's always the right now you got to put food on the table but then there's the longevity of like you know don't lease your life away you know you know be able to hold on and and hold and also use you know real estate as a as a real estate instrument of you know helping with tax matters you know etc because real estate can really put you in, in a, a different position in the long term and that's what again it goes back to education you know if i can find a place where entrepreneurs can come in and they get the power of their voice and they get to do presentations and they can be in a magazine and they can also be on a radio show they're practicing this and, and, you know, what better place to do it with other professionals who have the same passions that you all running at different speeds to, you know, get to the place that they, they want. And, you know, right now, and, I, and we talked a little bit, I call it the green room before the show. We were talking about, you know, um, events coming up. We, we're really looking at putting on a real estate summit, you know, for six figure earners who want to get to seven and eight figures in real estate. And, you know, that works great, you know, for also those who just want to see what real estate is, you know, that 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 beginner who's like, you know, I haven't owned a house even yet, because one of the things is, is I found when you have communities and you have great speakers is success leaves clues, you know, and when someone's talking about real estate up there on the stage, you know, you know, write down your notes and start saying, how can I apply this to my current business? How can I apply this to what I want to learn in real estate? And who are the friends that I can create impact with? You know, and once you start doing that, you can get to the place, you know, of success more quickly. And I, I used to tease Rochelle about this a long time ago, you know, 
before I wrote the book, The Art of Connection with um, other contributing authors, I said, I probably will never write the book, The Slowest Way to Success, because it won't sell. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> People, people want people want to speed their life to success. And, you know, in our organization, we put on over a thousand meetings and events each year. We have uh, members from 12 different countries in 27 states now. We have That's a footprint awesome. of, yeah, we have 1,500 members. And, you know, just two years ago, we had 14 chapters all located within the, you know, I'd call it our 48-mile zone. <laughs> Phoenix, you know. Now, now we have a global reach from India to Argentina to Ireland to Germany. You know, of of all members, and and what's great about this, and what what canvassing such a wide net does is, as I found some other opportunities, both in in being in entrepreneurship and in real estate, is you know we're finding more. You know, there's interstate deals and intrastate deals. There's a lot of people that are actually out of state partnering with those real estate professionals and other entrepreneurs here in state to do what? To actually expand out their businesses. You know, I call it I call it the rule of boots on the ground. You know, Rochelle knows the marketplace here, but if I'm an investor in Ohio, there's no reason the two of them can't, you know, get in touch with each other. They have money. She has access. There's a beautiful marriage of opportunity to invest in real estate. And that's why these meetings matter. It's all about access. It's the same thing again and again. It's the people, it's the information and the inspiration. And that's what helps, you know, entrepreneurs. And I call it real estate entrepreneurs aspire, you know, for themselves. Well, you make a very good point about looking at real estate opportunities in other locations. Um, people tend to think in terms of their own area. Uh, they look at what's around them. And that makes a lot of sense because you need to know a market thoroughly if you're going to be placing capital in it, taking risk there. That matters a lot. And often the market that you know best is the market where you, where you live. But it's important to recognize that the country is large. And every single town all over this entire country is full of real estate that someone is investing in. There are real estate investors active in every single market from small towns all the way up to the largest cities. And just because you live somewhere doesn't mean that that's the best place for you to do real estate investment. Um, a lot of people choose to invest in REITs uh, or other types of tradable real estate funds. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, lets you diversify geographically, but if you're looking at doing it yourself, then you're going to be uh, potentially looking at deals elsewhere if you're really trying to optimize your returns. Because uh, right now, for example, Phoenix uh, is a tough market to do a lot of different types of real it's estate expensive. investment in. Uh, it may not be the best choice for whatever model you want to use. And using a network like yours, Robert, may let someone uh, reach directly into a market elsewhere that would be hard for them to learn about and hard for them to get a connection to. And also the level of emotional detachment when investing in real yes. estate, when you can't see it and go drive by it every day, uh, just that a little bit of distance um, is that useful. That can be pretty beneficial. You, you know, and, and it really is, it, it becomes, you know, even more about the numbers. And that's why it's so important because if you have investment teams from, let's say, Washington, Oregon, um, California, or New York, New Jersey, uh, Illinois, you know, to, to us, you know, we're, they're at dollars and we're at pennies. And, and, you know, and sometimes we forget about that when we're in our marketplaces, you know, you, you, 
you, you, you know, my, my sister pays $3,500 a month for a two bedroom apartment, um, you know, in California, $3,500 mm -hmm. is going to get you a lot of houses in this marketplace. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, you know, understanding that there's so many other ways, you know, there's a lot of people that don't even understand, like, maybe like what a subject two is. There's a lot of people that even can come out of area, you know, take a subject two and just buy you right out of the house. And, you know, and you, and you can walk away from something free and clear. You know, and, you know, another thing, too, is the, the, the rental aspects of what we're learning in our community, too, is just our rents are going up. People are not renewing leases because they know, you know, here, here's the other thing that, you know, when it, this is what I learned. And it, you know, sometimes we get wrapped up in real estate, but real estate really follows the demand of people. I mean, it really does. It really yeah. follows the demand of people, you know. So if I'm in Chicago, Illinois, and I'm paying I, 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 you know, my business is failing, you know, it's very expensive, you know, legally speaking, you know, um, th there's, there's, there's too many laws keeping me from maybe, you know, certain hiring practices or certain ordinances and certain taxes, you know, what, what are a lot of them doing? A lot of them are actually, you know, either relocating both themselves and their businesses here, or there's even people who may be working for firms in Chicago and New York, but they're living here. And renting, you know, and so we're seeing dynamics because of, of COVID that we've never seen before in real estate. And it, it, it affects, you know, you know, the pricing and it affects the, you know, the rates and it expects, you know, it affects the way that we can be creative for, you know, our financing of houses. You know, some people aren't even going traditional routes. You know, I, you know, we also work with people who do block buying, which is a certain form of a crowdfunding, you know, and I see a lot of that happening in our communities. And again, you know, we teach our entrepreneurs, you know, use real estate as a part of your overall portfolio of success. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so when is this event taking place? Well, you know, it, our, our, we are looking at having the event coming up at the end of July, and we're going to call it the, um, the, the Real Estate Success Summit. You know, turn your six-figure business to sevens and eights. Now, we're, we're still working on, um, you know, getting all the details, and I appreciate Rochelle because I just get so excited about talking this. But we, all, but we do know that we have our next big event called the Art of Connection Summit coming up on September 21st of the, later this year. At our last event, we had over 177 participants. We had four panels, all talking about the ways that people can connect. And um, if you'd like to get more information on our summit, you can go to artofconnection.com. That's artofconnection.com. If you'd like to maybe join us at our real estate um, class, we put it on our community calendar, community events, and that's ntevents.net, ntevents.net. You can see over a thousand meetings and events on our calendar there. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Robert, for being on the show. And thank you, Aaron, for being on our show as well. It was great to have you both. And thank you to our listeners and our viewers. You can catch us later on YouTube or you can listen to any of our past episodes on Spotify. Uh, thanks for joining, Phoenix, and we'll talk to you next time. Thank you, guys.